Hello, everybody. Thank you for checking out the latest podcast on the feed. I really appreciate you listening. I really, really want to do an episode, and I might tomorrow, uh, just about all the the things that are happening in our culture that are not related to politics, like the James Harden trade and the bachelor and all of those things that I think are providing an escape from what is kind of a stressful, a stressful cultural moment. And so I, I do want to talk about all those things, but I did want to get some thoughts out about what happened last Wednesday at the Capitol in DC, uh, before I did that. And so this is essentially a, a manifesto and I might have a guest on sometime to talk about it, but um, I wrote this out because I was like, I don't even know what I was going to say. So um, if you're listening, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, if you value what I have to say at all, I appreciate it. Um, anyways, uh, I don't know if I hope you enjoy <laughs> this, uh, this drop, this podcast on the feed, but um I don't know. Maybe you feel the same way and you're frustrated or maybe it makes you think about something in a new way. Maybe you have thoughts. Um, I don't know. But anyways, here it is. I have a lot of thoughts about what happened last week in DC. How was that only last week? I've really struggled to categorize these in my head. I, I think I was just completely overwhelmed as it was taking place. I was getting done with my lunch situation and about to get back to work on the church newsletter when it really escalated. And needless to say, I didn't move for the next five hours. Maybe it's mentally, emotionally, and physically unhealthy to watch the news and scroll Twitter as our fragile democracy is pushed to the brink. But I was honestly just floored. I don't really care to rehash what happened. I'd like to focus more on why it happened. And yeah, I'm not a professional political talking head. I haven't written a book on Christian nationalism or anything like that. But I guess the fact that you're listening to this podcast right now tells me that you in some way care to know what I think about basketball or The Bachelor, at least. So here's some thoughts. This situation should have been less surprising. I've seen a lot of people, especially those who fall somewhere in the middle of the political spectrum, express a lot of shock over it. As I stated earlier, it was, it was definitely shocking to watch live, but the mere fact that something like that happened is less shocking. There have been a lot of events over, well, frankly, our entire history, but more specifically, the last five years that have been escalating to a point like this one, like Charlottesville in 2017, for instance, white supremacist groups shouldn't be allowed to voice their opinions in that way. Free speech doesn't include hate speech. I think in our divided culture, we have allowed way too much hate to be voiced without consequence. Now, I'm guilty of it too. The amount of times I've heard someone say something that made me cringe, yet I decided not to shut it down because of the social cost. Don't get me wrong, I've said some vile, demeaning, racist, homophobic things in my lifetime too, and now I wish I hadn't, but let's be honest, it's not like I didn't know better, and I faced no consequence for those. 
I deeply regret those moments and I'm, I'm sorry. Also, maybe if I'd been shut down by a friend in those moments or had mentors openly speaking against that type of thing, I would have come to this conclusion a lot sooner. We treat way too many things with kid gloves. I know as someone who has spent a lot of time with teens that we really want to pass off the responsibility of leadership in this way to others. We think, well, their, their parents should really be the ones to teach them that. Or my personal favorite, it's just boys being boys. So we end up with generations of people who think they can do or say whatever they want because they're just boys being boys, right? I may say this a lot and I, I don't want to look past it. I'm, I'm part of this generation. When I was growing up, Confederate flag merchandise was a silly, funny, if not cool thing to buy and own. Thousands of Church of Christ teenagers travel to Gatlinburg, Tennessee every year for a conference called Winterfest. Most youth ministers there are worried about their teens buying tobacco, guns, bongs, but Gatlinburg has to be the Confederate merchandise capital of the world. I would hope that seeing real-life, modern-day opposition to our union carrying Confederate flags while breaking into the Capitol building that people will see the Confederate flag and symbols like it for what they are. I haven't always thought this, and I haven't held this view for very long, but here's where I'm at right now. I think it should be illegal to sell Confederate flag merchandise and fly it publicly. It is not a harmless historical remnant like many of us have believed. Free speech doesn't include inciting violence and hate speech. The Confederate flag seems to be both of those right now. Secondly, I think we can throw out the notion that the far right is concerned for the well-being of police officers. On this podcast with my friend Cedric, we talked at length about policing and our mutual concerns about excessive force and implicit bias. I would hope that those conversations between us showed a care for the humanity of individual police officers. I know that On the Christmas morning bombing here in Nashville, Metro Police officers acted bravely in the face of, frankly, terrifying circumstances. The body cam video from one of the officers gives a glimpse into a police officer's scariest moment on the job. It's incredibly worrisome to me that police officers in our country have become a political tool. I think the way that we are taught growing up, okay, I'm speaking from personal experience here as a white guy. But the way that we're taught growing up, police officers are servants of our community. They're brave and they help us remain safe. But it seems like because of this teaching, everyone wants to show that they love police officers the most. And I think that gives people an excuse, they think, to do whatever they want. There was literally like people were flying the thin blue line, Blue Lives Matter flag at at the riot, which resulted in the death of a police officer. I think a lot of people viewed Republicans as this pro-police party, and that seems to be unveiled as a lie, especially on the far right. I'd also like to say that most Republicans would not try to break into the Capitol building. I have Republican friends and family, and I don't want to paint with a broad brush. At the same time, I guess my question would be, at what point do we look around and see who else is in agreement with us and think, Hmm, maybe I should reconsider. This is is a key issue with our current two-party system. 
we would rather vote with dangerous people than break off from, from what we've always done. And this kind of transitions into my next point. And, and let me talk about Jesus for a second. If you think that what happened at the Capitol was Jesus approved or Jesus inspired, I 100% wholeheartedly disagree with you. Jesus is not affiliated with your political party, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. And even if Jesus was a Republican, you think he would be down with overthrowing a silly human government, even if an election was stolen, which to be clear, it unequivocally was not stolen. That's not, that's not an opinion. That's just facts. So here's a Bible story for you. So they came to arrest Jesus the son of God on a wrongful conviction. So number one, it was literally Jesus they were arresting who's our guy. He's he's perfect. He's our guy. And number two, the charge was a complete hoax. So our guy Peter is like, that's messed up. No way are you taking Jesus. And he takes his sword out and he cuts off the ear of one of the guards. So what do you think Jesus did next? Was he like, Yeah, good job. Who else wants some? No. Not only does he chastise Peter, he literally puts the guy's ear back on his head. So people claiming to be pro-Jesus, violently protecting what they wrongly believe to be God's will is not new, but dang, it's been 2,000 years. Like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing, people? Key thing to ask yourself before doing something in the name of Jesus. Does this align with God's values? Like love of neighbor. Oh, it doesn't? Then don't do it. Staying in the Bible, in Genesis, you may remember the story of Joseph. So he got a colorful coat from his dad and because he was his dad's favorite and his brothers got jealous. And so they sold him into slavery. And you, you may not remember this part that his brothers actually wanted to kill him. That's pretty bad. But their oldest brother, Reuben, reasons with them and says, you know, let's not kill him. Let's throw him into this empty cistern and, and let him starve to death. And that way he'll be out of our hair, but his blood won't be on our hands, which is kind of faulty logic, but okay. And so without telling his brothers, Reuben was secretly planning on coming back and letting Joseph out. But by the time he came back, His brothers had already sold him into slavery. So to me, this part of the story is a practical one about leadership. Reuben knows that his brothers are in the wrong. He's a rational character. Murder is not okay. Clearly, his brothers value his leadership because they don't kill him when he advised otherwise. What happens next is that Reuben wants to indulge the desires of his brothers while at the same time avoiding a tragedy that they are heading towards. He wants to get to the same situation, the same outcome, without the social consequence of standing up to his brothers. Well, what he finds out is sometimes things escalate out of your control when you continually drop the leadership ball. I know this is what happened with a bunch of Republican leaders. I think most Republicans in Congress don't actually believe there was election foul play, but for political and social reasons, they allowed this fraud lie to be passed around thinking it's okay. Everything's going to be fine in the end. In two months, there'll be a peaceful transition and things will move on. 
Well, as you and I well know, that is not what happened. They wanted to get to the same outcome without the political and social consequences. And when it comes to leadership, you have to tell people the truth, even when it will not be received well. I think of Michael Scott and the Scott's Tots episode from The Office. He knew for a long time he was not going to be able to pay for their college. But he didn't tell them. Why? Because he didn't want to have people be mad at him. Good leadership takes courage. You have to stand up for what is right, even when your followers may disagree with you or be unhappy. And I think as much as anything, what happened last Wednesday is a result of a lack of strong moral leadership. So to end this monologue, I'll say this. I hope everyone has a better grasp now on how delicate our society is. The idea of government is, is frankly made up and it relies on the upkeeping of an unwritten social contract. The Constitution at the end of the day is just a piece of paper. I would argue that it would be best if we continually abide by it and reform it so we can live in a more peaceful and just society. But at the end of the day, it's just a piece of paper. The United States is not a forever thing. Empires fall. And if your faith is tied up in our country, I think you're going to need to rethink that. We need to hold each other accountable to a higher standard for human decency and discourse in order to maintain any semblance of order. All right, that's it for that. 